0: so excited you're along for the rise here at rising we talk all things manifestation life purpose and more join me in today's episode as we rise together welcome back to rising today i'm here with paul shepherd who was a serial entrepreneur now turned into a life coach through his own spiritual experiences paul thank you so much for making the time to be here i'm gonna let you go ahead and introduce yourself to our audience today
1: thanks Nusa. great to be here and uh just enjoying our kind of prelude conversation so far. Um, bit of background about me, for the audience. Uh, so I've been in business for probably 23, 24 years now. Many different companies, um, many failures, many successes, um, you know, security, personal training. I've been in corporate, many different roles in corporate sales, marketing, operations. I've spent four years in the military. I then got out and... Did some procurement work and business innovation. And the common trend or the common theme throughout those 20 years was I just didn't fit in. It was like, what is wrong with me? What's my problem? And I had skill and I had talent, but I was never recognized in any of those roles. Despite doing well, um, I just didn't feel like I had done well according to my definition of success. So there was this constant thread of of not fitting in and not belonging and just feeling like I wasn't at home and feeling like there was something more. So that constant searching and that curiosity to explore everything from psychology to neuroscience to spirituality to how the world works um, just led me on a different path. So now I'm out there still wanting a couple of businesses. But the focus now is around helping people find themselves through finding their life purpose so they can actually live a more fulfilling life and contribute more to society and essentially take the labels off. And once the labels are off, it basically gives people permission to be themselves. So that's my focus over the last, I guess, my journey over the last 25 years and how I've come to where I am today. So um, it's great to be here.
0: That's awesome. And I feel like the point that you mentioned about taking the labels off to me is quite empowering. I know that you've done a ton of research in terms of searching for this overlap between spiritual fulfillment and science. So I think just to dive right in, I know that a lot of what you talk about is finding one's purpose and finding that alignment through one's genetic code and using that experience through, um, you know, our, our birth numerology or alignment or whatever that is to apply that into our future endeavors so i'm just interested in you defining that for our audience what is one's genetic code um and how can you define that for us in more of a spiritual context
1: yeah cool um so there's a number of tools i use and one of the most powerful again this is through my own experience of just experimenting you know i remember watching hundreds of documentaries and my approach would If I see a documentary and there's something interesting, I would book in a consultation with some of the key personalities on those documentaries to learn, you know, their secrets. Um, And this is what led me down the path of, you know, spending half a million dollars on personal development over the last 20 years. So genetic code was sort of revealed to me about three years ago. And I was working on a, a health project and met some very interesting people, very successful. Very mainstream and they had some very uh, very interesting experiences to say the least. And in private conversations they had revealed that they had actually been so successful through the use of astrologers, shamans and psychics. And I thought, wow, that's, you're such a mainstream kind of person, classic finance, government, you know, like how could someone like you be into that kind of thing? And their explanation was, I wouldn't be where I am today unless I'd had that team on my side the whole time. And that made me question everything because my understanding of that up until that point was that it was for new age hippies, right? People with dreadlocks and people who smoke weed and you know that kind of thing. It was like the new, Year, new age kind of religion that I thought it's only those people who do this. Even though I was very curious about all this stuff and I'd researched mm-hmm. a lot of the up until then seeing some very successful people in the mainstream made me really pay closer attention and I had a few sessions and one of the most powerful things that I came across was human design and human design has a a business and career aspect of that called bg5 and that taught me more about myself in two and a half hours than I'd learned in 25 years and I thought, you have got to be kidding me. Where was this when I was 20 years old trying to find, figure out my career path? You know, so what I'd realised was that my whole career, my whole 20, 25 years of what I'd been doing up until that point was everything made sense. Now I could see through my design uh, where I was standing out and where I wasn't fitting in. And I could see why every scenario i was in every job every career every business i could see exactly through this blueprint that was shared with me over two and a half hours why it didn't work and what i meant what i meant to doing more importantly so the genetic code essentially is and it took me a while to research this but if we look at the exact minute that you're born there is a fractal imprint from planetary alignment and people can look this up there's many different types of astrology like there's there's vedic astrology there's you know chinese eastern western there's vedic there's um mesopotamian and they've all got a different philosophy but essentially it's all based on you know stars and alignment and it's all energy it's all an energy imprint so if we have this fractal imprint that's been given to us at the moment we're born it's a set of skills and potential that we have Think of it like a movie script. You come into this world, your soul enters this earth, enters the body you're in, and you're given this movie script. Or well, you've written the movie script and then you've decided to come here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a set of potentials, but it's not destiny or fate necessarily. You have to then go out there and learn the skills, which you can learn easier than the next person because you've given yourself that set of potential. And you need to go out there and produce that movie and make it happen. So That's how I see things today. So understanding who you really are, what those natural gifts and talents are, what your shadows are, what your life kind of theme is, why you're really here, and then getting on that path is going to lead you to that ultimate fulfilment. And then it's about redefining success because most people have a very fixed definition of success that has been given to them by society or by the education system, and they've never really questioned that. I'm sure a lot of your audience has and, and does constantly question that, which is why they tune in. But um, essentially that's what the genetic code is. It's, it's looking at that fractal imprint and then deciphering that into, okay, who are you in this incarnation on an energetic level? And it's almost like saying, you know, if you're, you've got a fish and a, and a bird designed for two different things, but if yeah. the fish keeps trying to fly, they are going to feel out of, out of place. Likewise, if the bird's trying to swim in the water, they're going to constantly feel out of place. They're going to feel like a failure. So I was that fish trying to fly the whole whole time, feeling like a failure despite my successes and not recognizing my talents and and who I really was. So, um, yeah. Does that answer the question?
0: Of course. No. And I know that we were chatting about human design last time we spoke You're, you know, right now mentioning ideas like astrology and numerology and shamans, which still to so many people who might be listening right now can seem a bit esoteric. However, this idea of human design, I think was really cool when I was listening to you explain it the last time we spoke, because it seems very practical. It seems like so many different elements and dimensions of you as a spirit, you as a person, you as a soul kind of coming into play in this practical realm was really helpful for you to see sort of like on paper. So I'm interested in you maybe diving a little bit deeper, doesn't have to be too in detail, but just describing what human design is for those who might be interested and how they can kind of leverage that process to now figuring out what they truly want in their professional or personal lives.
1: Sure. Yeah. So human design essentially is a synthesis of four different astrological types so it's uh, Western astrology. It's the Chinese I Ching. It is the Brahman chakra system and the Kabbalistic tree of life. And it's all synthesized with modern science. So just think of a Venn diagram. You know, you've got those four circles overlaying. And then in the middle, you've got human design. And essentially what it does is it breaks down the essence of who you are. You know, astrology can be based on cycles. It's, it can be very complex, the language. I remember my first astrology readings. I had no idea what they're talking about, and I just switched off. Like, it just didn't make sense. I thought, this is all just gobbledygook. This is too far out there for me. And the ascending and the rising, and the, you know, in the house of this and the house of that. I'm like, what are you talking about? It didn't make any sense at all. So I tuned out, you know, and yeah. I think that's where most of the people are on the planet. They tune out because whilst it might sound cool and funky and all the rest of it, uh, if it doesn't, give you any actionable intelligence when you're just struggling to comprehend it and what's the point you know and i'm not dissing astrology at all there's just a much steeper learning curve to to immerse yourself into so i found the whole human design concept a lot more simple the languaging was a lot more in line with what i currently understand today but it was presented in a different way you know there was things that were presented in ways that i had never heard you know like a decision making strategy Or, you know, the gate of rhythm, you know, pulling people into your own flow um, and then overlaying that into your lifestyle. You know, for me it was, you know, I'm good at dance, right? I have this natural rhythm with dancing and, you know, this was suggested that I should try dancing. It's like, yes, I've been dancing for 15 years because I love it so much, right? And it's not that I'm the best dancer in the world. You know, it's a hobby, it's for fun. But there is a rhythm that I have and that's my unique signature when I do go and dance, so all these things just made sense. I thought, wow, okay, there's actually, there's an explanation for everything that I've been doing for the last 20 years. But now I've got clarity on it. So essentially that's the human design system. It is still a little bit esoteric, a lot easy to understand. Um, and what I did decide to study was the, the BG5 aspect. So BG5 mm-hmm. is essentially the same thing, but even more simplified language um, to suit, you know, entrepreneurs in the business world, sort of more commercial. Um, and I was learning for myself. I just wanted to understand more about myself and understand how this system really works. And then through that process, I ended up helping other people and people saying, oh, can you do it for me too? This is fascinating. So people were having the breakthroughs that I did. And I thought this is, wow, humanity needs this. We all need to figure out who we are. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's a bit of a high level as to, as to what it really is. It's that synthesis and I guess where I kind of bridge the gaps and take it a step further is to say, right, we've now got the human design, which is the, the Venn diagram of four different types of astrology and then I start introducing other concepts like looking at your values. So there's a whole process that I extract around your values. There's other uh, genetic tools that I look at then around your, your health, so around how you can you know, optimise your existence on this 3D material plane through your body. So your environment and types of exercise you should be doing, when you should be doing it, um, the types of food you should be eating, when you should be eating, all those kinds of things all tie into this, you know, so I've got Venn diagrams on top of Venn diagrams on top of Venn diagrams, which really helps distill down in a very precise format who we truly are. And uh, they're good validation techniques too because you've then got them cross-referencing and you get extra validation. So um, I hope that clarifies the, the question.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's fascinating to me that it seems so personalized for every person. And I'm just curious um, off the top of my head for hearing your thoughts around morning routines, night routines, dieting, nutrition advice from the industry or from, you know, quote unquote millionaires who have succeeded using this, this specific routine. What are your thoughts on that? Because I believe that your body has its own intelligence your mind calls for specific things, your intuition calls for specific things. And it's kind of like, I don't know if you've read intuition by Osho, but it's like the intellect and instinct and intuition. It's like this trifecta of of the mind, body, soul. Um, And I just think that's so unique for every person. However, I think in society, we create these standards of how to regiment the body, how to kind of shut off intuition, how to use intellect and knowledge for daily functioning to the point where like people don't have that space. So I'm curious, as to what your thoughts are on, on those, those mainstream pieces of advice um, versus, you know, the more personalized nature and approach that you take.
1: I haven't read that book, but it sounds interesting. Oh my God. Really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think you would like it. Awesome. Um, Yeah. Look mainstream. I, I tried, I spent half a million dollars on mainstream teachings didn't work. Right. Because what works for Gary Vee or what works for, Tony Robbins or Ferocia or whoever it is, isn't, isn't necessarily going to work for me. Sure. I can get some insights and I can get some really valuable things that could give me a tweak or an improvement in my life. They can inspire me. They can challenge me. They can get me outside my comfort zone, but this is where I was failing. Right. This is, this is my ultimate failure is that I was listening to everybody else and I was never listening to my own intuition. And when I had this explained to me, this, this, how do I listen to to my intuition? That was the, the biggest challenge in the first place. Once I got that, I could I could then make the right decisions regardless. And you can then calibrate that and dial that in and tune that intuition to a much more focused um, level of comprehension. And when you get that, you know you're still kind of out there testing the waters and testing and measuring and trying to figure things out. So there's still some guesswork. Um, but you're going to get feedback and if you're tuned in you're always going to get the right feedback you know if you're if you're severely fatigued you're not going to go and have an intense workout just because your personal trainer says you should do so and that's part of the program some people do and they get burnt out right yeah. but what i found even more fascinating was i was given the blueprint your know, human design gives you a blueprint so to speak and i then would then validate that with my own intuition so, someone's giving me my own user manual, and I'm going, Really? That is so detailed and it makes so much sense. Like, it resonates with me. <clears throat> you know, it's not like, Ah, oh, I don't know, I don't know about that. Or, no, it totally resonated because I'd experienced it for 20 years, but I just wasn't able to articulate it because it wasn't explained in such a concise way. So, now that I had the blueprint, I could go out into the world and use my intuition to test hey, is this actually right for me? This person told me this, and I'm going to go and test that. And that's when you get the feedback loop to say, oh, okay, right, this is this. Is, this actually is right for me. And what's right for me today might not be right for me tomorrow, which is why the most empowering thing we can do is to kind of get our blueprint, but more, more importantly is to tune into our decision-making strategy and listen to that intuition, because that's going to be our compass for everything we do in terms of our own decisions. So. Yeah. Yeah, so I think mainstream has got some brilliant, brilliant advice. And, um, but I think it's, as a whole, I think it's failing people because there's still so many frustrated people out there running around trying to achieve something that they're never designed to do. Um, sure, they might achieve it, but are they going to be happy? I know a lot of wealthy people that are not happy, not fulfilled. Uh, a lot of people who are doing what they love, and living a simple life and they're more fulfilled and, and full of love and happiness and joy and everything. So, yeah, I think mainstream, you, you can't scale this. You know, you can't scale personalised, unique living, you know. You can scale a programme that sells to 100,000 people, sure. But is that unique to the individual? No, probably not. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, I think everyone needs to figure out who they truly are and then, more importantly, start listening to that intuition because the most powerful thing you'd ever learn. And then you'll know what the course is right for you. Figure out who you are, and then you'll know which course to go and do, whether it's a specific skill around accounting or marketing or podcasting or whatever it is. If Once you're clear on who you are and what your mission here in this world is, you can then go and learn the specific skills to help you accomplish that. Yeah. But trying to do it the other way around, um, yeah, I'm the ultimate, ultimate product of that uh, of that journey. And uh, it just living me more confused and more frustrated than ever before.
0: And I think that's what's missing though. It's like we, we're we not teaching children to listen to their intuition. Society doesn't teach us that. Our parents don't. Te- we're teaching people the opposite. We're throwing that that component of intellect in this trifecta. And that's kind of, you know, again, what the book states. But I think that's what leads so many people towards regret um, because there's fear in listening to your intuition because it never makes logical sense right or maybe sometimes it once in a blue moon it might but there's always fear and I think that intuition in itself sounds so esoteric to people too but when you explain it scientifically you'll say well listen to your gut feeling because your gut's surrounded by nerve endings and it picks up on picks up on signals, mm. it picks up on stimuli, then people go, oh yeah, like I had a gut feeling this one time, I didn't listen to it, and I knew I should have, that's such a common thing, right, and I think it's like starting these conversations with these concepts people can relate to, like everyone can relate to saying, oh, I, I trust, trust your gut, I, I knew my gut was feeling this way, but intuition, it's like, oh, what is that, that I can't see that, I can't feel that, and so how would you encourage listeners to start making space for their inner voice, to start listening to their intuition?
1: It's interesting what you said about trusting your gut. Um, there's a few things. I think people, everyone, I was just having this conversation with a friend of mine this morning for breakfast and we're talking about you know, his past relationship and he just he just said, oh, I should have got over there. It lasted three years and I should have left a long time ago and you know, why didn't I see it? Why was I so stupid? And I said, but you did see it. And he said, what do you mean? And I said, tell me. Did you ever feel at any point in that relationship that it was not right for you, that there were red flags? Even though there wasn't physical red flags, did you ever feel red flags? He said, yeah, all the time. I said, give me an example. And he mentioned a few examples where, you know, his, his girlfriend would be cheating on her, on him or she'd be out there, the things she would say to, you know, to other guys or the things that she would say to him or the things that she would try and manipulate him with, right? It was never a good fit. Now, the thing is, he knew that intuitively, but he was such a logical guy. He's a great guy, He's such a logical guy that he could never connect the dots because, no, no, I don't use my brain and I'm logical and yeah, you know, on paper, it looks fantastic. <clears throat> but the body was screaming something more important to him and he just couldn't hear it. So, the challenge for all of us is to get out of the head and back into the heart. And we can do that through meditation. We can do that through, just through breath work. Um, A really good resource for people I recommend is just go to heartmath.org and HeartMath Institute runs, they've done a whole bunch of experiments around the world where they measure the electromagnetic field coming off the heart and how we communicate through the heart. So we're always broadcasting these frequencies. And if you're on your path doing what you're designed to do, you'll be broadcasting these coherent frequencies. When you're off your path, you know you're then broadcasting this chaos into the, into the unified field and you're creating chaos around you. So the biggest tip I can give people, they have a, a little device that clips onto your earlobe and plugs into your smartphone. and it's just breath work. So what they're doing is that you're, you can with that device, you can train to synchronize your heart and your brain together on the same frequency. And once you synchronize that, all your anxiety, all your stress disappears, all your fear, or frustration, because now you're synchronised on the same frequency. Your head and your heart are connected. And that's just something so simple you can do it for two, three, four minutes a day as a way to start to train yourself and start to listen. And the other aspect of that, you know, a simple thing that everyone can do right now is listen to that inner voice, you know. It could be a boss at work. It could be you go to the supermarket and this is a test I do on people. You might go to a function or a party and you might observe someone, you know, male, female, whatever, doesn't matter. But you've always got this feeling about someone, right? Mm. Some people call it judgment. You know, judgment is when you actually go out there and treat them indifferently because of something that you're feeling. But if you just approach it with, oh, I wonder what that person thinks and feels like and what who they really are, as a feeling, and then... To validate that, you can go and have a conversation with them and suss them out. Yeah, And sometimes you're going to be right, sometimes you're going to be wrong, but this is the, some of the things that I would do is I would use the people in my environment to you know, be consciously aware of what I was feeling and then try and validate that with the logical mind. And the problem is they're two different languages. You can't always translate them, but you're going to get a feeling of attraction, so being pulled towards a certain person or repelled. And um, this is another way you can start to train your intuition that I thought was really powerful and something I've used over the last few years. I'm
0: sure you've read the untethered soul or at least heard about it by Michael Singer. And he has that whole section on the heart and oh, there's such a powerful quote in it. I underlined it the other day. I think the book's sitting up there, but it was like, everything that we do is based on our ability to remain like keep the heart open and have it remain open, like everything that we do. And I was like, it really is as simple as that. Like it's, it's that simple because when things happen that we don't like, we shut off and we run away. Um, I do this too, I'm so guilty of it. Um, and so I find it fascinating that like, there's this idea of we're, we're broadcasting these frequencies because it reminds me of, people talk about post-breakup glow ups. And it's so fascinating because I think that when you are in alignment with yourself and you're cultivating the self-love, obviously your heart to center, your heart chakra is opening and you're releasing these frequencies that are higher vibrational. And I've always noticed that it is in these times where like when I see my friends going through that post breakup glow phase or whatever, they're just finding themselves in general. It doesn't have to be post breakup. That's just an example I use because it's so, you know, it's so common now you see it everywhere, but they attract so many good things into their life. They're attracting people left and right. They're attracting opportunities for themselves and it comes from inside you. So I think that's really powerful, but I know you mentioned a lot about societal conditioning throughout this episode. Um, We're always like fed these definitions or these concepts of, of what's right and these expected goals. How would you just encourage people to step back from this conditioning and allow them to define what success means to them, or at least start exploring what fulfillment looks like in their lives?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I know you talk a lot about what a bit a uh, law of attraction, right? And just on that point you mentioned around, you know, you you understood it intellectually what you needed to do around having your heart open and all the rest of it, but you weren't actually doing it and weren't living it. And I think that's part of the journey. You know, we start with the intellectual knowing, and then we have to embody that and practice that to, to master it. So I've been to the same journey, right? There's this knowing of things, but then practicing it. Even now I have I have different healers I work with that say, Hey, you know, Paul, your heart chakra was closed a little bit. Just like, again, really, I'm still working on it. Right. Um, in terms of stepping back, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's about going inside yourself. We talk about this whole thing of ascension, you know, in the, in the kind of new age community, but it's really all about intention. It's going inwards. Mm. Who are you? Why are you here? Um, and, and really tapping into those feelings and those emotions. And being comfortable sitting with those uncomfortable emotions. You know, I think most people, we've been so conditioned to avoid that. You know, it's like, how are you today? And you know, everyone's expected to say, I'm amazing. Well, you know what? It's okay to sit there and say, no, I'm actually feeling really crap today. I'm really down. And especially men in society have this aversion to admitting vulnerability, right? It's, a, it's, a, it's considered a weakness. And in some circles, it can be. But if it's delivered the right way, it can be extremely powerful. You know, but being in different men's groups and military and whatnot, okay, that was, that's a different scenario, right? Weakness is the last thing you want to display. But at the same time, we're all humans. We're all connected. And whenever you're around another human, being vulnerable and actually admitting that is the most powerful way to build a connection. So I think figuring out what's, what your definition of success is is really powerful. Once we actually figure that out. Because what we think we want versus what our heart wants is two very different things. And yeah, you know, I know my own experience from 21 years old, I was always driven to make a lot of money and build retirement and success and wealth. And because then I could figure out what I wanted to do. That was my motivation. Make a lot of money so I can retire at 30, so I can figure out what I want to do. And life didn't give me that. Life gave me a roller coaster. And here I am at 43 and I know what I want to do. and know why I'm here. So why can't I make a living in the world doing that instead? And that to me was the biggest breakthrough I've ever had because now I'm actually doing what I'm designed to do. Now I'm actually contributing. Now I'm proud of what I'm doing as opposed to being embarrassed about what I'm doing. Not that I was doing anything wrong, but, you know, doing business growth and all that sort of stuff, I just didn't, didn't resonate with me. I wasn't that excited to go and make millions of dollars. You know, and now it's not about the dollars, it's about how much of an impact can I make, how much connection can I build with, with community and the people around me, people like yourself who are making a difference in the world. So there's so many ways to do it. You mentioned Michael Singer, The Untethered Soul, and I remember reading, uh, what's his book called, the other one, The Surrender Experiment. Mm. Right, so I've had a lot of surrender experiments of my own you know, like pursuing a certain goal in life and then getting like slapped so hard that I've lost everything because I was just not listening to those subtle cues. You know, we talk about the the feather, the pebble, the rock, the brick, the truck. You know, I had a lot of trucks hit me and it was painful. Um, luckily it hasn't killed me yet. So
0: You're still here. I'm still here.
1: So I'd encourage people to listen to those signs. You know, adversity is there too. Both get you back on track, and to to guide you and to help you grow. And unfortunately, we, we look at adversity and challenges as though, oh my gosh, like why me? What's wrong with my life? What's wrong with me? Instead, we should be looking at saying, great, all right, this is like this is a correction. This is a beautiful thing. Now I'm actually getting guidance because I couldn't hear the guidance previously. Yeah, I was pretty slow when it came to listening to guidance. Uh, now I'm a lot more in tune. Not perfect, but I'm a lot more in tune now. So, yeah, that's that's kind of my tips on that. There's, there's many ways, but they're my kind of key takeaways. And just tuning into yourself—that's that's going to give you the the guidance you need. But knowing how to listen to that—that's what you need to figure out.
0: I'm so glad you mentioned the the reframing of adversity because I I get so many DMs where it's like, oh my gosh, I feel like my life is over. I don't know, how I'm going to get out of here. It's the end of the world. And
1: that's awesome.
0: Yeah, and it's like. <laughs> It's kind of stepping back and like you said, it's guidance. It's always taking you to where you need to be. And it took me a while to get here as well. Like now I'm able to be at a place in my life where something doesn't work out or there's that element of rejection. Of course it hurts in the moment, but it's that ability to step back and be like, I'm aware of this pain that I feel, but I also know intellectually that this is happening because it's going to take me somewhere better. Um, And it takes time to develop that faith. It's like what you said. You can know these things logically, but do you feel them? And it's so many questions where it's like, why isn't manifestation working for me? Or why aren't affirmations working for me? And it's like reminding people, is it coming from a heart-centered place? One, two, have you done the inner work around it? Three, what is your mindset around that result? It just reminds me of this conversation in a way because we get so frustrated when things that we want don't pan out, but it's like, is that really what you need? Or maybe if it is what you need, if it is something that will help you, have you done the inner work to get there? So many people who reach out to me want to manifest a relationship. And I'm like, do you show yourself love? Do you set boundaries with your friends? Um, You know, are you taking care of yourself, your personal hygiene? They're all elements that we can't attract that if it's not even already present and existent within us. Um, Just out of curiosity, I know you were kind of pivoting into law of attraction. How does manifestation like look like for you do you practice it i know it's something that we're always always doing subconsciously but i'm i'm curious if you practice um any sort of affirmations or do any kind of manifestation exercises in your life
1: yeah it's a good point that's um i had in, in answer yes i first watched the law of attraction back in 2007 i think it was and that just spun me out i thought wow really like this is real i gotta try this and so I remember it was a trip. I actually booked a holiday to to Vegas, actually. So a friend calls me, actually, my cousin calls me and says, Hey, you want to go to Vegas? I'm like, eh, Not really. And she kind of gave me a bit of the, the plan as to who was going and why we were going and all the rest of it. And I thought, I'm going. All right. It'll be an experience. It'll be different. So every day I asked myself the question, How else can I make this a more amazing experience than what it's already going to be? And the biggest thing that I, so this is then when I started getting into manifestation and learning all about it. And I spent, 10 years researching this so short answer is that trip turned into be something that I lost a lot of friends over because they couldn't but they wouldn't believe what I was telling them when I got back the things the events the the scenarios that took place were just unthinkable and it because every day I was asking myself this question but I was so excited excitement in terms of the right vibration was and this belief that it's going to be this most amazing experience in other words, I was already living as though this was real. Law of attraction only works with when you're working with the law of vibration. You know, so you're already going to be vibrating at that frequency. If you want to attract that partner into your life, well, ask yourself the question: Would would I date myself? You know, if I've got bad body odor and I am a really grumpy person and I'm, you know, not that desirable, charismatic, or too introverted, too extroverted, whatever it is. Ask yourself that first question, would I date myself? And the, if the answer is no, then you've got some work to do. You know, first become the person that you want to date and then you'll start to attract a whole different type of person. So that was one of the lessons I learned. And then that holiday that I went to the States and this this experience was was just off the charts. And I thought, wow, this really works. I wonder if that was a coincidence, I thought. So the following year, I booked a trip to, to Brazil for Carnaval, And the same thing, just things appeared before my eyes like I was manifesting real time and some of these events and people I met and functions I went to it was just I I couldn't have dreamt it you know but I had the intention of just having this amazing experience and the universe of bringing it to me in ways that I least expected it which is exactly how Dr. Joe Dispenza frames things so yeah I've on a daily basis do I do much of it no I probably should but I find what works for me is, is excitement. You know, when I'm excited about something, it's usually an adventure. That's when I'm most in flow. That's when my manifesting is real time. And it's no lie. Since then, for, for more than 10 years, 13 years, I've been manifesting real time when I plan trips. So I tend to plan a lot more trips and things just happen miraculously. But, yeah. I, but I'm but i first living at that vibration mm-hmm. in order to attract. So it's... Uh, become what you want to attract first. And that's the simplest way I can put it.
0: That's really cool that you mentioned you find what makes you excited. Anyone listening can find that time in their day. Going to a cafe makes you excited. That to me is kind of like my serotonin of the day, just going to a cafe and getting a coffee. Do that and maybe take a journal and write out what you would want to see. Um, I, I think your manifestation is very powerful because it's not anything specific. It's just how can I make today better? And you're opening the energy channel and the energy flow to anything. Whereas when you attach to something specific, you create resistance from it. it. Happens to all of us.
1: The biggest thing I've learned is is being in the right vibration. In other words, what emotion are you experiencing on a regular basis? You know, love, compassion, excitement. They're the most powerful that I've experienced. And, and I think Greg um, Braden talks a lot about this in terms of the 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 user interface into the matrix mm-hmm. and love and compassion are two of the ones that he talks about the most. When you're in that state, that vibration of love and compassion, um, you are then now speaking the language of the matrix or the unified field where you can attract whatever you want. So yeah, find things, as you said, find things that you love doing, find things that excite you. It could be a dance class, could be a coffee in the morning, could be a cafe around some cool people that you're liking it out with, could be the right music, whatever it is, try and find more of those things and practice gratitude because then you start to see the beauty in those moments and that then changes your frequency as in the emotions you're experiencing on a daily basis and think of like a spiral you've got to slowly work up you know if you're not feeling happy or you're a little bit depressed it's pretty hard to go from depressed to total joy in in the click of a finger you can do it but most people would struggle with that so maybe break it down think about moving from from depression to you know feeling a little bit hopeful as an example. And then kind of moving up this emotional kind of spiral, if you will, um, that's a, a powerful technique I found a lot of people use effectively. But yeah, emotions are the key, right? It's not just the yeah. thought because the, there's one vibration of the brain and then the body, the heart has a different vibration. That's where the emotions come in.
0: Yes, that's beautiful, Paul. Thank you for sharing. I'm just curious, like you've done so much in the past 20 years or so in terms of finding yourself delving into all these experiences. Do you have any just last words of wisdom or advice for people listening right now who might be in their earlier 20s, just kind of on the precipice of this path of discovering what is in alignment with them?
1: Yeah, look, two biggest things would find yourself and start listening to, you, to to yourself. So once you can tap into that intuition and you might need a coach to help you do that, if that's the case, fine. But I think that should be everyone's number one priority. You know, if you haven't found your purpose in this life yet, that should be your purpose. Because when you find that, you then have more energy and more excitement, more passion, more joy, more everything. Everything just comes. But if you're just out there aimlessly looking for opportunities to make you a lot of money or finding someone to, to love you, to make you happy, you'll never find it with that approach. That's just my experience. Um, and again, just my opinion. But I think... If you do the work if you show up that's why we're all here we're all here as souls having a human experience to evolve that's it that's the common thread between all of us we're all here to experience and evolve and if you can focus on that you're never going to fail because everything you do is going to teach you something so yeah go within start to find out who you are find out your purpose find out you know, how to connect with your intuition more and listen to that just by sealing the mind and once you've got some clarity on that, now you've got a compass. Now you can navigate life more successfully. And then you can choose who's going to be the right coach for you. You can choose what skill, skills and courses you're going to learn. And you can figure out what business you want to create, if that's what you want to do, what career path you want to go down. But that would be my starting point. Just grassroots. There's no magic bullet. There's no you know, expensive course you need to do. Just connect inwards
0: always been an honor to speak to you paul i'm going to go ahead and let you leave your social links your handles your websites here right now and i'm also going to go ahead and put that in the description down below for people who want to reach out to you
1: thanks Nist. appreciate it uh yeah people can find me on a, a facebook group going which we're just kicking off now called soul purpose mastery methodology so we're giving away a lot of just free insights and guides and analysis in there so come and join the group soul purpose mastery methodology and if you want more information on myself just go to paul b for bravo shepherd dot dcom thanks
0: perfect paul thank you so much have a good evening and to everyone here at rising thank you for listening in and i will see you guys in our next episode